Welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage, a podcast designed to help you win at home and in life. Welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage, a podcast designed to help you win at home and life. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Travolute, and today we're going to do a podcast episode around Rodney's new book, Why Your Kids Do What They Do, Responding to the Driving Forces Behind Your Teen's Behavior. And I have a little surprise for you. For a limited time only, you can grab a free copy of the workbook companion that goes with Why Your Kids Do What They Do. And you can do that by going to thewinningfamily.com or grab your pencil. You can text the word KIDS, K-I-D-S, to 1-833-213-8967. That's 1-833-213-8967. You're going to love this because over the next few episodes, we're going to unpack some of the insights and principles from this newly revised edition of the book. And I have, across the table from me, Rodney and Michelle Gage. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see their beautiful faces. And we're ready to roll. This is going to be a fun episode and packed with great information. Yes. Well, we have been learning a lot. Uh, Hopefully, we've been learning a lot over the last few episodes as we've been uh, talking through and walking through some of the different uh, principles from the book called Why Your Kids Do What They Do. But today, we're going to shift the focus on the parents a little Mm -hmm. bit, identifying some things that a lot of parents may not quite, um, I would say, are maybe aware of when it comes to maybe how they uh, approach parenting. Maybe sometimes it's easier to see in other parents than maybe than to see in yourself. But we're going to talk through some roles that uh, parents play that can actually sabotage the relationships with their kids. Mm. So this isn't meant to point fingers or make any parents feel bad, but sometimes we need to hear the truth and love and maybe do some look at ourselves in the mirror and say, could I potentially be contributing to Mm -hmm. the problem here? That's good. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. because it's not always our kids fault. It's not, you know, not necessarily something that, um, you know, we can say that, you know, well, this is just a phase. No, I think sometimes we can allow uh, certain behaviors to to exist in our relationships, specifically in our homes. And what we want to do as parents is we want to not only understand what those are, but maybe even take a deeper look as to why do we do mm-hmm. some of the things mm-hmm. that we do as parents. And so we're going to kind of expose some of that today because this is, uh, I think, probably more than ever you see a lot of these played out because Let's face it. I mean, I think you said at one time, Michelle, that, you know, it's not like you can go to some college or university and get a degree in parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's usually through trial and error. And Mm -hmm. and and then sadly, you know, a lot of us maybe just we just didn't grow up in a home where we had good role models or examples. So therefore, we're kind of going into this parenting journey blindly and maybe even in in some unhealthy ways based on some insecurities or whatever that we encountered growing up. And so we carry a lot of that into our parenting style. And so today we're going to talk about some of the roles that often parents are guilty of playing Mm -hmm. when it comes to how even this is all manifested in uh, the way it, it impacts their kids. 
So anyway, we talked about, or excuse me, we're going to talk about six roles. And one of those roles, the first is what we call the rescuer. And so it's kind of like this. I've been there, done that. We've, we've all, I'm sure, done this a time or two. But it's like uh, we're always there. Some, some may call it the helicopter parent, you mm-hmm. know, this kind of like smothers their kids. But I think it's really more of we're quick to jump in to rescue the day, mm-hmm. to rescue our child from facing any form of consequence or, you know, responsibility for whatever decisions, you know, that maybe they brought upon themselves. You know, for example, you know, after you drop them off at school, you get the phone call 30 minutes later and say, oh, mom, dad, hey, could you bring me, I forgot, you know, whatever assignment or I forgot my, my, you know, whatever athletic gear, my cleats, could you, could you bring that to me? Well, the rescuing parent sure is absolutely, I'll be up there in five minutes, you know? And so the rescuing parent may have, you know, the goodness of their heart wanting to help. But over time, if we are constantly rescuing our kids and bailing them out, then what we're doing is we are actually teaching our kids in many ways to become um, irresponsible. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're basically saying that, you know, I can get by by being irresponsible because there mm-hmm. will always be somebody else there to bail me out or get me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so how many times have we seen that where it's that rescuing tendency to step in, save the day, bail our kids out, and we can rationalize, we can justify as to why we do it, but in the end, we're actually hurting our kids rather than helping our kids mm-hmm. because we're, we're really holding them back from really growing to reach their full potential of being responsible mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. Right. If we don't experience consequences in life then it's hard for us to learn boundaries and to learn to be responsible. And it's so interesting. I mean, this was an issue with our kids when our kids were growing up and in school. But I think it's even more so now, just the the rescuing that goes on academically Mm -hmm. because the pressure is so intense that the children, especially when they get into middle school and high school, teenage years, that they are making unbelievably high scores like off the charts so they can get in the school that maybe mom or dad wants them to go to, or maybe they've had it on their sites to be at a certain school. And the pressure is so, so intense. Mm -hmm. So if a kid doesn't make the mark, if they don't get the grade, the parents are, you know, it's very well known that parents will be in the teacher's face, you know, like get, we've Mm -hmm. got to get the grade up, Mm -hmm. you know, forcing a teacher to do something, you know, or really putting the pressure on and they're rescuing their children. Whereas children really need to, you know, experience life, experience Mm -hmm. the challenges of life that we're not perfect and, and it's okay. And if we don't make it into that certain university, well, maybe God had a different plan. Right. I know that's yeah. very trite to say, but it's, I, it's that we're seeing a lot of that yes. because there's competition even among parents. Mm-hmm. So the parents are going to rescue so that they can, they're, they're presenting the right, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, the right, the right look. Persona. The persona yeah. Thank you. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I think the, if there's another word that could even be thrown in there, that is also uh, something that we, we see this, we hear this a lot from teachers that we know. We have a lot of friends who are, who are teachers and they right. talk about this a lot. Yeah. 
where it's almost like the spirit of entitlement Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. the parent comes in with their list of demands. Yeah. And if the child comes home and says, well, I don't like my coach or I don't like my teacher, well, we'll fix that. You know, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we'll, we'll campaign, we'll rally, we'll get the, you know, the coach fired or, well, we'll, we'll just get you in a different class, you mm-hmm. know? And so right. rather than working through problems, rather than, you know, um, allowing their children to work through problems on them on their on their own and growing or coaching them through growing them, yeah. through mm-hmm. that process mm-hmm. yeah those parents who are quick to rescue you know are the ones who again they may out of their out of their own heart they feel like they're doing what's right and what's best and there may be some occasions where you need to do that obviously if they're in a right. harmful you know, unhealthy situation. I, but that's that's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're just talking about that quick to scoop down and rescue mm-hmm. because we don't ever want little Johnny or you know who you know, or to Sally feel, to you know yeah. to get you know to get in trouble or to not be happy. We just want them to be happy. And so, anyway, so that's the first role. Yeah. And the second role is really the opposite of that, mm-hmm. and that's what we call the passive parent. The pap the passive parent is is just that one who basically just sits back and does nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like they're totally checked out and disengaged. And, you know, it's almost like they're just cold or indifferent about anything and everything that maybe is relevant to their kid's world. And it's sad and unfortunate. I know that may not represent a majority of where a lot of parents are, but there are some, and some of you maybe, maybe were raised in a home yeah. where you had that passive parent. And I remember one time I was talking to some young people and one kid was talking about his parent, one of his parents being so strict and, and was saying, yeah, my, my mom and my dad, you know, they just won't let me do anything. I can't go here. I can't do this. Can't do that. And the other kid spoke up and said, I just wish my parents cared enough to even ask where I was going. Yeah. And so it's like two ends of the pendulum there. It's, it's important that we realize that, again, we can either play, you know, that role of a rescuer or we can just have that passive mindset of just kind of blowing it off and not really being engaged. And obviously those are somewhat extreme opposites there. But again, it's a role that many parents play. And then the third role that I think can really hurt a relationship, and this is can really hurt and stifle the growth of our teenagers as well, and that is what I call the mixed messenger. Mm-hmm. Or another way I like to phrase that is the etch-a-sketch parent. <laughs> so we all remember the kid game, you know, we grew up with the little etch-a-sketch, you know, the little handles, you draw the little lines, and then if you make a mistake, you can just shake it up. Well, that's what happens with a lot of parents where it's like one day something is right, but the next day, you know, it's wrong. Or one day it's okay to do this, but the next day you're going to get trouble if you do that. And so there's this mixed messages. It's this it's this start and stop, you know, effect of kids where they're automatically feeling somewhat confused, insecure because they don't even, they don't really know from one minute to the next what's acceptable, what's unacceptable, and and it's because of the double standards. It's like, well, do as I say, not necessarily as I do. Right. And as a result, that sends a completely different message. Yeah, right. Well, no wonder kids today are confused because mm-hmm. they are bombarded mm-hmm. with mixed messages yeah. from social media to, you know, what they're hearing among their friends, their peer groups, you know, what's in the classroom. 
They don't know what to believe. They don't know why they should believe it. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And yet, if they're not getting anything at home that is consistent and sound and that breeds security and stability, well, they're living with this sense of instability because of all the mixed messages that they're receiving. So that's the mixed messenger. And mm-hmm. then the fourth one is what we call the popular parent. And this is the this is the one that just wants to be liked by all the friends. You know, they they want to be that popular parent where it's kind of like the or liked by their by their kid by their t- yeah their own teenagers. Where they're yeah. not only bailing them out, but they're also yeah. wanting to you know avoid confrontation. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to do anything to enforce consequences because they don't want to fear being rejected. You know, by their kids, and so therefore they. They want to be the hero. They want to be liked. They want to be, you know, accepted in the eyes of their children. That's not our responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard it best said that leadership is about taking people where they need to go, not necessarily where they want to go. Mm-hmm. I think that principle applies to the parenting relationship. It's so important. We as parents have the responsibility to lead our kids where they need to go, not necessarily where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And so we you know have to just be aware of the fact that as parents we may have to put our you know draw the land the uh, the line in the sand or put our foot down and be firm in our convictions be firm in what is acceptable and what is unacceptable have clear lines and definitive boundary lines so that our kids know where they stand they know what's right mm-hmm. what's wrong mm-hmm. what is acceptable and unacceptable and sometimes you know what we may be unpopular right. in the mid, in the midst of doing that, yeah. and so if our goal is to be liked and be popular, and you know, and everything to be a bed of roses all the time, then we may need to take a hard look at ourselves in the mirror and say, why is it mm-hmm. that I am afraid mm-hmm. to enforce consequences right. or to hold my ground, mm-hmm. you know, in in certain areas? Because what happens is is that we are. We may not realize it, but we are devaluing that sense of authority. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, we're even devaluing that sense of respect. Right. right. You know, that kids um, should have when it comes to the parent child relationship. It's a mm-hmm. parent child relationship, not a peer to peer relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are some things that I think are just important. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five is what I call the pitiful parent. <laughs> and what I mean by that, and this is not a derogatory label by any means, but I think sometimes parents can put unrealistic expectations on their kids where it's almost like they are looking to their children to meet needs in their life as an adult that their kids just are not equipped to do. And or maybe we are expecting our children to kind of understand things about us. It's almost like they become that that peer, that friend, that confidant that we bear our soul with. And I think it's awesome that parents can have a close, open, real relationship and conversation. But there are just some things that I think are inappropriate mm-hmm. when it comes to how much we share and what we share mm-hmm with our kids to the to the point where we're putting our kids in a vulnerable and almost in an unfair position right. mm-hmm. where they're carrying a, a weight or responsibility yeah. uh, regarding whatever it is their parent is carrying that 
is not a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be aware, you know, of that as well when it comes to, um, you know, just the emotions that as parents, how much is enough when it comes to what we expect our kids to carry in our lives as well. And, um, and then the last one is I call the dictator. And this one's pretty obvious, but this is just that drill sergeant of it's my way or the highway. It's all about the rules and, you know, everything's going to be okay. As long as you do exactly what we tell you to do, you live up to these expectations. But at the end of the day, it's not about rules. It's about a relationship Mm -hmm. and rules without a relationship will only lead to rebellion. But a relationship along with rules over time will build respect. And so we just have to realize that in all of these roles that we play as parents, we can either help the relationship or we can actually hurt the relationship. And so just being aware of these kinds of behaviors in our own lives as parents, like I said, can sabotage it or, you know, we can set it free from the standpoint of, allowing that relationship to thrive. Yeah, I think, um, you know, God gives us all unique personalities and we're all born into different homes. We all have different parents the way we were raised. So it's there's no perfect parent. So it's not like you have to have everything exactly in a line and be this perfect parent, but it is. It's like just being aware Mm -hmm. that maybe your personality lends towards being someone that needs to be the popular parent. Maybe you're more of like an eight or a seven on the Enneagram and you want to be the the life of the party and fun and and you want to be the liked, the popular parent, you know, but, and, and we just have to be aware of our our flaws, you know, and, and be, um, because we, we all have flaws. There's no perfect parent. So we all have different things that we deal with and the way that we're raised really affects that too. The, what has been our model as a parent, um, can really affect Mm -hmm. that too. Our insecurities, the needs, the things, the mass that we talked about on our last podcast affect us Mm -hmm. as parents as well, not just our kids. So, um, I think this is great just to, come to the surface mm-hmm. with it and just bring it, make us aware, like kind of wake up. Cause I sometimes we know we're, we're struggling in certain areas, but we just need to, a little bit of a wake up call so that we can be more aware of it and, and start to, to handle those things, mm-hmm. which I know you talk more about in, in the book and why our kids do what they do. Yeah. This, um, this really, this episode is kind of teeing up, a lot of what we uncover in the second part of the book Mm -hmm. where it's that looking yourself in the mirror and learning a lot about yourself as a parent as to why you parent the way you do. And so again, we're all driven by needs. So our kids have needs and if we're unaware of what those needs are and how we can go about meeting those needs, um, then, you know, it can, it can really cause, our kids and cause our relationship with our kids to not reach its full potential. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, if we've got a lot of stuff going on in our own life, a lot of insecurities and baggage and just stuff that has hindered us emotionally and mentally and spiritually, relationally in various ways through the years, then that's only going to have a ripple effect in the way that we see our kids, the way we treat our kids, the way we communicate with our kids, and ultimately the way we approach our relationships with them. Mm-hmm. 
So all of this is intertwined together, and I think it's just important that it's not so much why our kids do what they do, but mm-hmm. also looking looking at a step, looking beyond to a step further, and this is why I do what I do as yeah. a parent. And yeah. so hopefully, again, not to label in a negative way, but right. I think if anything, just to kind of help you know, peek behind the curtain there as to what our own motivations are and why we may act or think or maybe feel the way that we do as parents mm-hmm. in some of these ways. Yes. Yeah. So good. You guys can get more information on this topic by grabbing a couple or yeah, grab a couple of these books. I was going to say grab <laughs> a, a copy <laughs> of the book, Why Your Kids Do What They Do. And you can dive deeper into this topic. I have it right here on my lap, and I'm, I'm looking. If you want to know, it's on page 125. So, so grab good. the book, go to page 125, <laughs> and, and there's a whole host of, I mean, I am so impressed at all the great questions uh, that you have in here to make people think and self-reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being, a, can I just, just there's, there was a quote in here that I saw. Let me see. I don't want to belabor it, but... Um, that I was one I, of the things that I wanted this book to accomplish more than anything was it being less content driven and really more even though there's great content to it's what it's all about but it's structured in such a way to where it's extremely interactive and how to it breaks it down and it's hard to even explain it and you've got to just read it to fully understand and appreciate how it's going to help I think fill in the blanks and connect some major dots Mm -hmm. that you've never maybe discovered either about yourself or about your kids. Yes. Yes. So good. Mm -hmm. And I love this. We are always parents in training. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even those of us that have older children, uh, we're still parents in training, maybe grandparents in training, aunts and uncles in training. So, hey, you've got people in your life that need to hear this podcast, so please share it with them. Mm -hmm. And while you're at it, subscribe, right? Hit that little plus button, subscribe, so that you get these downloaded to your device automatically, and they'll just populate for you. You won't even have to think twice about it. And then get your hands on Why Your Kids Do What They Do. That's Rodney's new book. And you can do that by going to thewinningfamily.com. And if you purchase a copy, then you can also get a copy of the workbook for free. And I'll give you a phone number, too, that you can text the word KIDS to. That's K-I-D-S. You'll text that word to the number 1-833-213-8967. And then that will give you the option to get a free copy of that workbook that goes along with the new book. Good stuff, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. And for you, those of you who are listening or watching, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again for joining us on the Winning Family Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Winning Family. Also, we would love to hear what's on your heart and mind as parents. Send us any questions you would like Rodney and Michelle to answer in the future episodes by sending your questions to the podcast at thewinningfamily.com. We look forward to hearing from you. For more helpful resources and content, be sure to go to thewinningfamily.com. Until next time, thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of The Winning Family Podcast.